So today we're going to be talking about my favorite fake mathematical equation. Are you ready? Hey, my name is Kat Lee, and you're listening to the Hello Mornings podcast, where my goal is to help you begin and build a life-changing morning routine. Now, this show is all about inspiring you in one of the three key areas of a great morning routine, and those are God time, plan time, and move time. And if you're not familiar with Hello Mornings, I'd love to invite you to head over to hellomornings.org to download our three-minute morning routine. You can get a copy of the first chapter of the Hello Mornings book, or you can grab that on Amazon or wherever you buy books. And you can also watch our mini workshop that explains how you can have an amazing morning routine in just three minutes. So today we're talking about how grace is more powerful than guilt when it comes to our growth. Have you ever felt guilty about not having morning routine or maybe not praying like you want to? Maybe you haven't opened your Bible in a while. Maybe you don't want to open your Bible. Maybe you just feel kind of guilty about your relationship with God in general. Or maybe you're doing great with your relationship with God, but you feel guilty about the way you've been eating or guilty about your lack of working out. Or maybe you're doing great on all those fronts, but you've been procrastinating on some things you need to do. You've struggled with organization at work and at home and staying on top of things. There are a million reasons that we all can feel guilty. I know I have certainly felt guilty in so many circumstances, and I don't know about you, but a lot of times it can just come from opening my phone and scrolling on Instagram. I might feel great about my day, and then I open Instagram, and I'll see somebody else doing something that I wanted to do, or they're doing it better, and suddenly I'll feel like, oh, I'm really failing. I'm really not living up to my potential. I'm really not being as diligent as I want to be, or I don't want to read the word as much as I ought to, or I don't, whatever, whatever it might be, I can spiral into this just downward trend of guilt and feeling upset that I'm not doing the things that I wanted to. I'm not doing them well. I feel like I'm, I'm failing. I think especially when I was a younger mom, in the midst of all the really hard parts of raising kids, I often felt that guilt because I didn't know what direction I needed to go. What do I need to focus on? What am I supposed to do? And I often felt that guilt. So maybe you do too. Maybe in your motherhood, you feel guilty. So the question I want to ask us today is why do we even entertain guilt? Now, I do want to clarify Guilt isn't a bad thing. Now, I don't know where you live, but here in Texas, when you're driving on the highway, on the side of the road, there are these little divots, little ruts, little things that will make a rumbling sound when you go off the road. And, and it's just a way so that if you're not paying attention, if you're dozing off and you start to go off the highway, you will immediately know that you are not on the road that you need to be on. And that's kind of like what guilt is. 
It's not a place we're supposed to drive. We don't, in Texas, we don't, you know, veer off the road and get onto that little rutted part on the side of the road and stay there. Nobody, nobody does that. We get off of it as quickly as possible. It's simply a notation that, hey, I'm not headed in the direction that I wanted to. And that's what guilt really is. It serves a purpose, but it's never a place to stay. And too often we entertain guilt longer than we need to. And why do we do that? I don't know, but a few reasons that I thought about is, well, honestly, it gives us a reason to stop. Maybe, for example, you've been wanting to work out and you've been doing great for a few days, but then you miss a day, you miss another day, and then you feel guilty and so you don't start again, which kind of logically doesn't really make sense. But in the short term, it does because it's scary to put ourselves out there. It's scary to say, I'm going to be this kind of person and to do the hard things to become that kind of person. And if we notice the guilt and then embrace the guilt, it gives us a reason to stop. Oh, well, I'm not really good enough to do that. Or maybe you feel guilty in your relationship with God. And we embrace the guilt because it feels safer than trying again, because we feel like if we try again with our relationship with God, we're going to let him down again. And eventually his patience is going to run out. And these are all things that if we really think through them, they, they don't make sense and they're not logical, but they're things that we all tend to feel. And we embrace guilt because it gives us a reason to stop because it's safer than trying again, because we can't let anyone down if we don't try. And then sometimes, honestly, we just don't know that we can move past guilt, that, that we're supposed to move past guilt. We think guilt is our punishment, but it's not. Guilt is simply those ruts in the side of the road to say, hey, you're not headed in the right direction that you were wanting to go. Let's get back on the road. And that redirection is grace. Because here's the thing. Guilt is honestly just another word for failure, which sounds horrible. You're probably like, wow, Kat, that's really encouraging. Thanks. I'm not just guilty. I'm, I'm failing. But I also want to redefine the word failure for you. I think failure is awesome. It's great. It means that we tried something hard and that now we have an opportunity to learn from it. Thomas Edison said, I didn't fail. I just found 9,999 things that didn't work. And then on the 10,000th attempt, he invented the light bulb. Failure doesn't have to be a bad thing. Failure is simply feedback. Oh, I tried this and it didn't quite work. So now I can scratch that off my list. What am I going to try next? And if we can embrace failure and not try to avoid it, then we're less likely to entertain guilt longer than we ought. So as you go throughout your day to day, as you go throughout your week, as you try new things, as you try hard things, when they don't go the way you expect and you feel like you failed, switch that and say, I didn't fail. I just got some more feedback that I'm going to add to my list. And then when you do that, then you don't sit in the guilt, which makes us stop and keeps us from trying again. So 
if we don't want to entertain guilt, how do we embrace grace? Because that's, that's hard to do, honestly. We feel bad sometimes if we let go of the guilt. We feel like, oh, well, I need to hold on to the guilt because I did something wrong and I need to stay in this place as my punishment. But that's not what God says, is it? He offers his grace to us so that we can keep going, so that we can get back on the road that we were headed on. There was actually a fascinating study done in 2007 at Wake Forest University. And there were a group of women who were all on some form of a weight loss diet. And they said, we're going to have you eat this donut, but it's part of a study. So after they would eat the donut, then they would go into the next room and they'd say for the next part of the study, we want you to, you know, kind of taste test these different candies. And they just had this bowl of candy and they were supposed to taste test them. So what happened was they took half of the women and they told them, okay, just, you know, eat the donut, then do the little taste test thing. They took the other half of the women and they said, hey, I know that you are trying to lose weight and you're on a weight loss program. But don't feel bad about eating that donut because just give yourself grace because this is a good thing. It's for a study that's going to help people. So don't feel bad about it. Just give yourself some grace. The interesting thing was at the end of this study, the women who just ate the donut and then went into the next room and had that bowl of candy, those women ate 40% more candy than the women who were told to give themselves grace. So if you can translate that, that means that when we entertain guilt, we tend to continue to make the decisions that we didn't want to make in the first place. But if we can embrace grace, which feels illogical, then we can redirect back onto the road that we were headed on originally. It's like scientific evidence, as if we need it, of the biblical truth of grace. When we embrace grace instead of entertaining guilt, it allows us to walk in the ways that God has intended for us. Another interesting result of guilt is something that we'll just call the what the heck effect. And this is actually a variation of that title is actually a scientific effect that has been documented in different books. But it's the idea, like in this Wake Forest study, that once we feel that guilty nudge, if we don't immediately embrace grace, we start saying, oh, what the heck, I'm just going to eat the whole bowl of candy. Or, oh, what the heck, I'm just not going to work out again at all this week and I'll start again maybe next week we tend to stop and then just say, eh, forget it. I already messed up this once. And since I am not embracing grace, but I'm entertaining guilt, I'm just going to continue on that ruddy road on the side of the road instead of embracing grace and redirecting back onto the path that God intended. I think a great example of grace can honestly be found in the sports world. I play tennis, so that's immediately what I think of. And tennis tends to be a very, very mental game. But this could also be true of golf or really any sport. A kicker in football are some of the ones that really stand out to me. 
The idea that maybe they missed the last field goal, and now they have to go out into the field and hit that game-winning shot. What is required of a top-level athlete when they're going out to do something like that? When they have to make the next shot, but they missed the previous one? What happened? Well, what do they have to do? They have to let go of that guilt. They cannot even be thinking about the last shot. All they can focus on and all they can think about needs to be this next shot of what's in front of them. And if they continue to entertain the guilt from the previous one, they are going to be distracted and they're probably going to miss the next one. And I think that can translate well into our own lives too. Yes, we need to acknowledge guilt and not just like live willy-nilly. But we need to acknowledge that guilt, get back on the road of grace so that we can move forward. And when we move forward, we need to not pay attention to that guilt anymore. (laughs) True grace is just letting go of that guilt and choosing to focus on what's ahead instead of what is behind. All right, so let me bring this all back together to talk about my favorite fake mathematical equation, and that is guilt plus grace equals growth. Because if we just take guilt, well, that doesn't equal growth, but if we just have the natural consequence of guilt and then we turn and embrace grace, that's when we can grow. So as you go about your day today, As you go about your week, what I really encourage you to do is maybe just journal a little bit. What are some of the things that I'm feeling guilty about? What do I need to let go of? What feedback do I have on what not to do next time? And then what are some ways I can embrace grace and move forward? Because grace has been given to you by God. You don't need to embrace the guilt to make it all better. He offers his grace to you, whatever the circumstance, whatever the situation, there's nothing too bad or too big for his grace. And it's only that when we step into it and we embrace it, that we can grow. And that's from all the big life decisions down to what we talk about here at Hello Mornings with our morning routines and our habits. Embracing grace is what's going to help us grow. All right, friends, I hope that was helpful for you. I hope it inspires you to notice guilt, then to embrace grace so that you can grow. Now, if you want to learn more about beginning and building a powerful morning routine, just head over to hellomornings.org and download our three-minute morning kit, and it's going to give you everything you need to get started, including the first chapter of my book, Hello Mornings. And if you're enjoying the Hello Mornings podcast, I'd love it if you would leave a review on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you listen to the show. Now, my name is Kat Lee, and I'm so grateful that you've joined me today. I hope we've inspired your morning so that you can begin waking up for your life and not just to your life. I'll see you on the next episode of the Hello Mornings podcast. It's early in the morning, the house is quiet, but I've set aside this time for you. I bow before the throne of a noble king. My heart begins to sing It's gonna be a good day A good day filled with His grace 
This song is called God Day by Jen Stanbro. You can get your copy at iTunes, Amazon, or jenstanbro.com. <laughs> 